Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. Hope you had a great day today. This is the DJ interview starring me, Harry the Big Dog. So today we got a very special guest and he is coming he, he is coming from Long Island via, via North Carolina. Let's bring in DJ Clientel. Hey, how you doing today? Hey, Harry, what's up, brother? I am good. Every day is good. I got on the wake-up list today, and, a, and you did too. And everybody yeah. who's going to join this stream, they did too. So put in the chat, give your virtual clap for DJ clientele. Yeah. So, let's get this thing started. How you um how did you get into the DJing? What what was that spark? You know, and what age did you get in? You know, I got my drink. And <laughs> I'm a I'm gonna be a fan right now too. Well, that's sort of a long and short story. Uh Growing up in North Carolina, I'm, I'm a country boy from Goldsboro, North Carolina, and I met these two brothers from Bedford-Stuyvesant, New York, Mickey and Mike Lofton. Um, we met in high school, and when I first met Mike, Mike used to have this boombox with one speaker. And, and a lot, a lot of us had one of them. Put in the chat if you had a boombox <laughs> with one speaker. And then he came to school with a Sanyo, a bigger, not bigger, but about the same size. But every time he bought his box, we in the gym, and we're we're we're, you know, we're, we're doing um PE. And he never really participated in PE, he would just take his boombox up in the bleachers and just turn it on and, and be listening to these cassette tapes. And one day I just I, I just stopped and I listened. And I, I kept hearing the same song being over and over and over again in succession. And then somebody talking and then you hear something do it again. Now I had no idea what I was listening to. No, I I I didn't know, but I liked it. That's all I knew. I I liked what I was hearing. So I'm a pretty sociable person. So I walk up to him and we start talking, and then he tells me where he's from. You know, this is you know he just started breaking it down, and as he was playing the cassette tape, the person we was listening to at the time was was Love Buzz Starsky. And wow. So I'm listening to Love Buff Starsky do his thing. And then as we became friends, he brought another cassette tape in. And this one was a Grandmaster Flash. Same concept, same thing. But Flash wasn't saying anything because, you know, Flash don't talk. Or he doesn't talk in the microphone. He, he has MCs. Flash pays attention to what, excuse me, what he's doing on the turntables. Is this all in, in North Carolina? In North Carolina, yeah. Wow. So fast forward, Mike invites me to his house. And I get there and he has these two technique SL, I think he had D1s. Mm, I think he had D1s. Yeah, I think he 
with D one. People so. on here don't even know what one of them is. Put in the chat if you if you've even seen one. <laughs> well, he had the two techniques, and I just and, and and he had the mixer in the middle. He had a he had a he had a he had a Newmark mixer in the middle, and I watched him cut and scratch live. Basically, to me, better than the seat, better than what was on the cassette tape. Wow. What he was doing live sounded better than what they was doing because Mike was really talented. Mike, Mike was good. He still has, he still got the same skills now to this day. Mm. Um, we've been, we've been friends for, oh God, man, 30, 30 plus, almost 40 years. Been down. So, no, like, fast forward. So, I got bit by the bug and some other cats that we used to hang with, like my man Walter Herring, Pabon, my man, um, David Murchison, all these guys. Well, except myself, Walter, we were no, we, we we were the North Carolina boys. Pat Bone was from Brooklyn. David was from the Bronx. Ishmael was from Brooklyn. He hung out with us, but he didn't DJ. Ishmael was one of them. He was just real cool. He just liked to hang out with us, but he was never DJ. Was he a record carrier? Well, he didn't really. He didn't really. Um, get to that level of carrying records for us, but he was there. Um, and Mickey hung out with us every now and then. Mickey wasn't really as heavy into the DJing as Mike was, but Mick could rap. And every now and then, Mick would bust a rap. Uh, and then there's, um, so it's Pablo and Walter, myself, Ishmael. I'm missing somebody. Oh, and we had a little neighborhood kid by the name of Mickey, really good DJ to this day, DJ Mickey D. He hung around us and learned a couple of things, and I'll talk about him later. And let's see. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm missing somebody. There's somebody in the crew that I'm missing. <laughs> I'm missing somebody in the crew. It'll come back to me. It'll, we, it'll we, come we, back to you. We're talking about 40 years ago. <laughs> but uh, long story short, we became so so immersed in this DJ thing that we actually built our own turntables. We didn't have no money. We broke. Kids in the project had no money. So we built a set of ceramic turntables. The average person that's not a DJ has no idea what a ceramic turntable is. And basically what it is, a ceramic turntable is a turntable that uses a ceramic needle and it's an analog sound but it, it it doesn't necessarily give the good sound like a SL1 or B1 because they, they had they they were grounds and all kinds of stuff like that. So this turntable, we just took it out of a stereo, put a box around it, and boom, there we were. Wow, you still got the blueprints. And listen, I need to make that, one. <laughs> that yo, that that idea basically came from Walter Herring. Walter Herring was one of the most creative guys I've ever met in my life. Walter was just one of those guys, man, on, on just on a whim, he could create something, just boom. Okay, let's do this. And he was just spearheaded and we'll follow. So yeah. it was his idea, it was his idea to put together to go find these turntables and put them in boxes. Because <laughs> now I'm not sure if you remember how the old stereos used to have the turntables bolted in and it's got the radio. The yeah. Amp- Everything all in one. All in one. <laughs> yeah, it's this big old box, but but everything is ran by that one little section. 
<laughs> My oh. man Super Dave said, uh, "Once a DJ, always a DJ." Oh, of course. Oh, that, that, but for me, that's 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 my life, man. It's, it's been my life for the last 40, years, 40 plus years. So fast forward, we built these turntables, and then we formed a crew called the Disco Knights. Disco Knights. The Disco Knights. We wore blue jackets. Now, during that time, I'm originally from North Carolina, but I did a lot of trap. We also lived in Washington, D.C. We lived between D.C., my family. It was right. between DC and North Carolina. And I actually came from DC to North Carolina to start my life, high school, elementary, everything. So just to be different, instead of my jacket saying North Carolina, my D, my jacket said Washington, DC. Mike, Mick, and everybody else's jacket said NYC. Right. So I wanted to fit in. So the, just to be from somewhere else. Uh, long story short, with that one, my name, DJ Clientel, was so long that it went down the whole side of my jacket. Now, speaking of your name, how did you come up with that name? What made you pick that name? Well, being in high school, I, I was a I was a pretty astute student. Um, I had very good grades. Sometimes I lack focus, but English was has always been something that I mastered. I was English was just something I can do in my sleep. I speak a little English. <laughs> yeah, me speak a little English too. <laughs> so one day when I we moved in this this DJ thing, I said, okay, everybody had a DJ name. Mike's name was DJ Ice, Mick, MC Mick or DJ Mick, um, Walter. Um, I can't remember what Walter called himself. I don't even think Walter called himself anything when it came to DJ. He just liked doing it. Um, Pat Bone really didn't DJ. He's more to the MC, and he's called himself MC Pat Bone. Uh-huh. And um, Ishmael, MC Ishmael. So here we go. So I'm like, well, if I, I want a name that's going to last and this is me thinking as a 14-year-old kid. I want a name that's going to last beyond being young. Right. So when I first started, my initial DJ name was Kid Clientele. Mm. Kid Clientele surpassed or it, 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 it encompassed me being a kid. I'm 14 years old. So, of course, <laughs> kid's going to be there. <laughs> Uh, then I said, okay, my name has to deal with people. Okay, you own a business, clients. Where does client come from? Clientele. Oh, kid clientele. People's DJ, kid clientele. But that was me. Nice. Uh, that's where that's where clientele basically came from. The 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 synonymous of being a because i'm going to be a dj to be a dj you got to deal with people if i'm going to deal with people they're my clients which means you have clientele dj clientele <laughs> so let, let me ask you this your your first set of dj equipment because you're back from the records area too right oh yeah Most records. what what was your first dj setup from turntables mixer speaker 
Ho, ho, ho. My first DJ setup was a pair of Panasonic belt-driven turntables. And I went through two realistic mixers from Radio Shack. I had the up and down mixer from Radio Shack that you use up and down and it had the two quick buttons. <laughs> a realistic. A realistic <laughs> mixer. Dave had yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I had I had them too. I had a realistic you mixer. You had, to click it. you had to click the mixer to get the sound to come through. You had to click it. So I'm like, okay, here we go. Realistic. <laughs> That was the first one. And then the second one I got, I, I still remember the price of it. The first one cost me $89. Mm. The second one cost me 119 back then. And the 119 um, Radio Shack mixer, I liked and hated. It had a crossfader, but for some reason, the idiot that made it made a click in the middle <laughs> to put a stop in the middle of the of the fader it will stop and then go so you couldn't slide from one side to the other it will slide click then go so it always messed up the mix you know you're mixing and then it hit the click and then you got to get over to the other side but if you're trying to quick mix and, and catch it you can't do it it's impossible yeah so later on down the line, I ended up getting a Gemini mixer. So I, I officially got myself a Gemini mixer. So fast forward. And I. Um, I'm, I'm out of school. And then, um, you know, so basically my first set, that was my first set. My first set was the, and I, and I got that set working at a, working in an organization called Wages. I used to work at a mental hospital, which is so crazy. <laughs> I worked at a mental hospital in a <laughs> low income program called wages because my mom was on um, public assistance. So they allowed us to work. Right. So at 15, I went to work for wages and all the money I made with wages between giving her gas money for taking me to work, I saved my money up and I bought my set. So now you, everything you're telling me is between the age of 14 and 16. I'm yeah, assuming. Between the time, but between the time I got introduced in junior high to the time I graduated. Let me, let me tell you what I was doing between those ages. I was playing with my stretch Armstrong <laughs> back then. <laughs> oh now that's uh, old school right there. <laughs> that's old school. I remember they used to take that. They used to take four guys and stretch that guy out four ways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that commercial like it was yesterday. Uh, Chris, hey, my boy Chris Claus, he said that's real old school. <laughs> yeah, that's serious old school. Yeah, I, that's the, that's the one thing I never got into. I was I was I was an introvert slash outervert. I know that outervert's not really a real deal, but it it is the best way I can describe it. I was always home on my turntables mm. and I went out when I felt like it, not because somebody coached me out the house. I went out because I felt like going out. And I had, I had, I basically had a, the amount of friends I had, I had count on both hands. Mm. And that's high school. 
when I was in high school, I can basically count on both hands how many friends I could people I consider my friends. Um, um, and, and not run out of fingers. Wow. <laughs> so so now you got this equipment. Can you can you recall what was your first record you ever bought? <laughs> I know you asked Super Dave that. <laughs> and and, and I, I thought about it I'm asking everybody because that's a that's like a flashback. If you could because I don't remember. I just remember I, having stacks. <laughs> I do and I don't remember the first record I bought, but I will say this. I will say this. If, if, if I had to really think about it, I think my first record I bought was Slave. Wait for me. Okay. I think that was the first. So you kind of remember. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the first. Because, I, I mean, we had a we had a um, record store. Believe it or not, we had a record store in my, in my hometown that sold 12-inch records in 19... In the eighties, so twelve inch records at the time the records was running us three ninety nine. Yep, three ninety nine, four ninety nine. Three nine. No, actually, no, 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 no. When we first started doing this thing, the records was running two ninety nine. Let me let me back up. No, the four ninety nine record didn't start until the mid eighties. They took it up a dollar. Before <laughs> then, it was two ninety nine. Records cost two ninety nine. And then they realized this DJ thing was really taking off, so they they tagged on another dollar. <laughs> then it went to four ninety nine, five bucks for five bucks a record. So being a DJ, you got to buy doubles of the hot stuff, which means every time you go to the record store, you're going to be spending. Well, I used to spend in the record store, even as a teenager, sometimes a hundred dollars. Of course. That's that's where all your money that you got these little parties and, and summer jobs and, and everything it went towards buying records and needles. <laughs> Listen, I, I was fortunate. I didn't wear any needles out. The only thing that's that's that stumped me as a young DJ, I had no speakers. I had no speakers. I just had turntables and a mixer, headphones and records. That's all I had. I had no speakers. My first party I ever did was my boy Alvento Sauls. Alvento Sauls, he's from Boston. He came, he moved to North Carolina. His parents bought a house. Him and his brother Chip, they were the only ones in the house. Now this is this is this blew my mind. Him and his brother raised themselves mm. in, a house in North Carolina by themselves. Their mother and father bought them a house in North Carolina, gave them cars. And said, "Go to school. Go to school, and when you get done with school, do what you want." Mm. So Alvento had a whole entire house to himself. Him and his brother Chip. And y'all started doing parties there, right? So he well, not all the time, but as once we got close to seniors and juniors and seniors, then the party started happening. So Alvento saw us through a party and said, "Okay, man, I need you to DJ my party." Cool. That was my first gig, my very first gig, and it was a disaster. Mm. Because you, you we, hear that, you hear that, everybody, audience. <laughs> it, it was a disaster. You don't have to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, it you was a disaster. We'll get better if you stick to it. <laughs> of course. I mean, you, you. I mean, I was good at what I did, but I, I wasn't used to playing for people. I was a in my house playing for myself, not playing for people. That's a whole nother lane. Once you start playing for people, 
everything changes because it's not what you like it's what they like mm -hmm. combine with what you like so you have to know what they like and combine it with what you like and make them like it even more <laughs> i wasn't prepared for that and on top yeah. of that i didn't have the knowledge and the workings of how to keep the sound right how to keep the modulation and have make it sure it sounds good i just thought you plug it in and play and that's it <laughs> uh, nowadays yeah. you can <laughs> but I mean, nowadays you even even now even now plugging and playing you still have to be able to make the sound good enough to where people can and my glass is crooked you, you still have to make it good enough to where people can dance to it and enjoy it they're not going to dance to distortion mm. so long story short i did this party for alvento and it, and it taught me a lesson and the lesson it taught me is what you like and what everybody else like that's number one number two know what music needs to sound like what sounds like what sounds good to you does it sound good to them it was it was just bananas <laughs> it, was, it was crazy but I, I i got i got it done i got we, it done we all went through it about um having having speakers that only the bass and <laughs> the uh, mid-ranges work but there was no highs and you think that sounds so good because it's booming <laughs> to realize it don't it, it was it was a it was a it was a wake-up call so after that i mean after that like i said I, I got back into the lab and said okay i need to learn how to dj and please people i really need to get that down so i did yeah and I, I stuck with it and, and then that didn't shake me from doing it because it's i feel like once once something that you are passionate about and you really do it it's never going to leave you i don't care if you walk away from the turntables for months and a year <laughs> you'll always come back yeah I'm I'm kind of getting the itch now. So let me let me ask you, you know, one of the things when we were talking before that that um interest that I had interest in is two actually two things. It was the what what did you call it? Southern soul. Oh. And oh. and the um you track down originals from from what producers make so start with the southern soul what exactly is that because i didn't know until you told me and i'm not sure if 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 people here know what it is so explain that the best way i could explain southern soul you gotta experience it it's not something that happens every single day all the time but now it does but before as i was coming up we called it old folks music uh, the music that i listened to when i was coming up was johnny taylor bobby blue bland and you know people like that and i used to wonder why they like that music so much and they like that music because it has a message and if it has a good beat it's even better if it has a good if it has a good 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 track it, it gets better so man my glasses is so crooked i don't know <laughs> um 
but it has a it has a good beat and you know everybody rocks with it so man i look i really want to change my glasses can i change my glasses go ahead yeah man i, I i'm looking crazy give me, give me give me give me give me about two we'll wait for you i'm gonna step away and change these glasses i'm looking crazy <laughs> so while dj clientele is changing his glasses he he was telling me about this southern soul music and I still don't get it. That's why I want him to explain it to me and explain it to us about, you know, exactly what it is. I know it, I know, I think I understand it's a cut up between different types of music, your your old school music and some new school music, but I am really not sure. So <laughs> and I hope everybody is enjoying enjoying Tyrone Davis. Howie, hey, Howie, what's up, kid? Tyrone Davis. Okay, that's Southern Soul. What what song did he make that that you would consider a, a Southern, Southern, uh, yeah. <laughs> DJ Tommy Lee said he don't get it yet either. Okay. Um, he said Aretha right. Franklin is too. Howie said Aretha Franklin is too. So, no, Aretha Franklin's not Southern Soul. Um, Betty Wright is Southern Soul. Okay. Betty Wright um, is Southern Soul. She 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 was one of the first queens of Southern Soul. This is me. I changed glasses and I'm, I still got that same tilt. Maybe it's just my face. I don't know. <laughs> you got a crooked face. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, 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 that's a little better, though. All right. Now, that got to be able to see. All right. So Southern Soul is a mixture of R&B blues to, with a story. And it's always talking about Jody, how good they make love, just life issues. It, they, 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 they dig into life issues all the time. And coming up, I never knew why they liked it so much. Now, as and now that I'm older, I know why because it speaks to them. It talks about real issues. It talks about real things that's going on in the world. So yeah, I'm a big fan now. <laughs> I still don't know if I understand or not, but can can you give an example of what one is? We got DJ Cam in the house. What's up? <clears throat> uh. As I mentioned earlier, Johnny Taylor. Uh-huh. Okay. Johnny Taylor uh, made songs. When you listen to a Johnny Taylor song, it has a 70s feel. Mm -hmm. like it's just a 70s song. No, it's, it's Southern Soul, but it just has. Because Johnny Taylor, believe it or not, is from New Jersey. Okay. But his following was in Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, Texas, New Orleans, or New Orleans. Yeah, his music resonated down there. Uh, right now, one of his songs is playing in the back of my mind. I can't spit it out right now. But, uh, oh, matter of fact, okay. How many remember that song that says, Who's Making Love? 
to your old lady yeah. while you are out making love. That's Southern Soul. Okay. I'm that's, starting to get it now. <laughs> and I hope everybody else is. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what Southern Soul is. Songs of that nature with a real catchy beat. And 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 they're just taking. Sometimes the sometimes the beats are not as catchy as they should be, but the but you get caught in the lyrics. Uh -huh. It's either vice versa. Either you got a good beat with good lyrics. No, either you got a good beat, lyrics are okay, or you got good lyrics and the and the beat is not as good. Right. Either one of the two are going to catch you with Southern Soul. It's either the beat or the lyrics <laughs> or both. Depending on what the song is, I mean, I got a couple of songs right now that are that are Southern Soul that are fire. Beats are crazy, and the message is crazy. Right. Got a got a few of them. All um, right. So, quick quick question before we get into uh, the second part of that question: What type of listen? What type of music do you listen to when nobody's around? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a loaded question for me. Um, the reason why it's a loaded question for me is because I consider myself a 360 degree DJ. What I mean by 360 degrees, I'm not one dimension. I can't, I can't just do one genre of music. I want to do them all. So therefore I play them all. Therefore I listen to them all. One day I might be in the mood to listen to country. I'll listen to country. One day I might be in the mood to listen to mainstream. I listen to mainstream, top 40 pop. One day I might be in the mood to listen to gospel. I'll listen to gospel. One day it my mood sets what I want to listen to. I don't have one set genre of music that I want to hear every single day. I'm not like that. A lot of DJs are like that. A lot of DJs, they like what they like, and that's what they play. Right. <laughs> so that is exactly what they play. Now what I'm going to do for you, I just open up my Serato. No, no, no. You're not playing no music. <laughs> okay, you don't want you don't want to hear what's on the song. Oh, Facebook to ban me. <laughs> oh, I, thirty less than thirty seconds. You're good. But, but, but okay. listen, I know. But listen, um, the 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 second part to that question is, what what type of music? do you listen to that people would be surprised you listen to? I guess it would be opera. Wow. You took a way left field with that one. <laughs> I listen to classic <laughs> opera. Reason being, uh, classical opera has sounds in it that most of us don't think about. <laughs> it takes a it takes a lot for somebody in opera to do what they're doing. To us, it's well, from a standpoint of being young and coming up and not really knowing what I know about music now. You listen to an opera song, and to you, it's corny because it doesn't reach you. It's a different language. Um, all you hear is people belting out notes, high notes, low notes, and. And then there are operas in English, but you still don't get it. But it's a story. It's 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 acting with singing. It's a musical. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a musical. I don't so, understand it, but I've I've seen it on TV. <laughs> so that is another 
Um, wow, and, that that is surprising. You would even say something like that. I thought I might have thought you would have said uh, heavy metal or no. ska music or something, but opera. That, well, listen, every every <laughs> single DJ Tommy Lee said really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every every single DJ has something that he does that another DJ doesn't do. One so, of the things so true. That, that I value as DJs as a whole, we learn from each other. There might be a scratch or mix or blend that you might hear from another DJ. Take that same scratch and that same blend and make it yours and switch it up. Fro show. We, we got a question, Tommy. Tommy Lee said, uh, what was your favorite opera song? I'll make it easy for him. The, my favorite opera song was the one that Stevie Wonder remade. That's so easy to understand. I, I couldn't pronounce even even the titles on, and, on any of them. So um, <laughs> that, that was way left field. So yeah, getting, getting back to this uh, second part of that other question, you like to find originals. So uh, uh, you heard a produced song already, and now you're looking for every piece of music. And when we was talking the other day, you said you had found uh, a few of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, one of the ones that I that I found just recently that, that really, really bugged me out uh, D Dot, one of the producers from P. Diddy's camp, made one of the most prolific songs of the of the decade of the century of whenever I don't care what party you at. If you are in this BPM and you drop this song, people will lose their minds every single time. If I mean the moment has to be right, but still, when you drop this song, it go they go crazy, and that song is all about the Benjamins. Baby, I had no idea. You know, I had no idea that that song was slowed down from an old disco song from the Unlimited Orchestra and Barry White. Really, the, at regular speed, you really have to listen to it to hear it. But once you slow it down, you hear it. Mm. It, it to me, it's amazing that these producers they the songs that they listen to and and it's just a a a tenth of a beat and they take that and make another whole beat out of it and 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 that what they it makes the whole song (laughs) that's the beauty of it harry the beauty of 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 that that niche that as a producer you hear something that somebody else doesn't hear and you take it and you create something out of it that's why I like listening to different things, not just one type of music. That's why I like listening to pop. I like listening to R&B, hip hop, reggae, soca. I mean, I just, I mean, it's so many, there are genres within genres. Yeah. Okay. So having that knowledge, you never know what you might be listening to. And then you hear something, okay. Coming up as a young DJ, this is one of the skills that our young DJs don't have. 
or they, I don't think they're ever going to develop it. And the reason why I say that is because DJ has become so easy. Now that everything is, is digital, you can mask BPMs, you can sync, and all this other type stuff. When I came up, you know what my sync was? My finger. <laughs> That's how I synced. I would trace the record and make sure it matched the other record. It was too slow or too fast. Slow it down. That's my thing. That's funny. It, type in the chat if if you believe there is a difference from back in the day when you used your uh, fingers <laughs> to slow records down and now where you could press a button and it'll sync it. <laughs> now, and then on top of that, coming up the way I came up in the DJ game, I can listen to a record on the radio and know exactly what I'm gonna mix it with. Right. Or at least have an idea of where I can go with it. That's experience. But kids today are not gonna have that. They're not gonna know that. They're gonna listen to a record and wait till they put it in Serato and see what BPM it matches with, and then they'll put it together. Mm. They won't put it together in their mind. They won't be able to create something in their mind and then go try it out. They'll wait till they put it in Serato, see what BPM it is, or see what key it's in, right. and then they'll put it together. They're <laughs> making it too easy. It's, it's too it's too easy. And even if, even if, let's just say you got every record in the world, it still does not make you a DJ. It makes you a record player. Being a DJ is being able to take something and make it into more than what it is. And having people love what you're doing, yeah, you gonna have some haters that might not know, might not understand where you're going with it. But if you do it well enough, you have more lovers than haters. That's how I look at it. What what Dave was saying last night is, you know, when when you're DJing, you're producing music. So which is, you know, we talked about that's the natural progression of a DJ is to start producing because that's what you're doing already. You're taking this one beat and adding another beat and creating a new beat. I agree. I feel like <laughs> yeah, you are. When you're, when you're DJing, you're producing, you're making, you're making music with music. That's what you're doing. You're taking this song, this part of this song, you're putting them together to where they sound good. And then you take them apart and let, let them, Rock on their own. Let me see. Let me see what the questions. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Tommy Lee said sinking button is for suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It is. How he said the big difference, all you had was your finger and, and the pitch control. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's all that's all we had. The pitch control and now wait, 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 wait. We got we, we got a new one and she'll be coming up in the next couple of days. She says that's kind of the point of technology to make things easier first of all if technology fails where are you going to go hmm. if technology fails if you can't get to your serato are you capable of carrying a party without serato that's the key thing right there that's the that i think that's my superpower over these new djs i can carry a party without without <laughs> I can carry a party without um, a sync button you know, or anything. You know you're going to have some people hating on you right now. Now, Listen, 
I, I can see where you're coming from with that. And, and I can say yes and no. You know, the technology is wonderful and you can still mix the same records, but you're right. Unless you're prepared having a, a, a extra computer or extra controller or something, just like back in the day with needles, having extra needles in case one breaks or extra turntables or extra mixer, even if it wasn't your main mixer, it was a smaller one where you can get through it. So yeah, I can see, I can see that. Okay, for me, the pros and cons, here are the pros and cons for today's technology. Here's the, um, first, I'm gonna start with the pros. The pros are we're not carrying crates no more, which is a great thing. Because I carried multiple crates and I didn't carry the little, the little small milk crates how many, how many crates did you carry when you did a party? Okay, okay, okay. If they were small crates, 10. 10 of the regular size crates, 10 crates. Dude, what would you spin in the average so far? I know we're into the third one, but the I average is not one to six. <laughs> Remember, I my claim to fame since I started this game is. 360 degree DJ. I did not want to be at a party and somebody walk up to me and say, hey, I want to hear this song. Most of the time I had the song. Most of the time. When I carry my 10 crates, most, I'm talking, I would say easily 99% of the time I had the song they wanted to hear. Well, that's where technology comes in because you can download it right now. Right. You can download it right now. That's a pro. In the questions, um, Melanie Phoenix, Melody Phoenix said uh, she don't have vinyl. So, you know, we, we have DJs here in this group that started off with a controller. And that's right. basically- and, and I was gonna get that, that's, that's, that's one of the pros and cons. The pro, like I said, the pro is no more crates. Your crates are digital. Everything you need is in that digital crate. <laughs> uh, another pro is it's, it's a quick setup one two three plug this in plug this in done finish you set up sound check make sure everything's good depending on what type of system you're running you have the passive and the active uh, active system one two three plug this in plug this in plug this in you're ready set everything up and just tweak your sound you're good active i mean a passive system oh you got to tweak this and tweak that but it's still plug in everything's still plug and play uh if you're at a party and one of your turntables goes down, you can still play Serato on your laptop. You can go from song to song using the yeah, mixer. My boy Tommy Lee showed me how to do that. Yeah, you can do instant doubles. Perfect. That's that's great. That's a that's a that's a very good pro. <laughs> and then last but not least, you have the ability to create on the spot. Beats and mixes with this with with the software we use now on the spot at a party. You can just get this brainstorm of an idea and just start putting stuff together right then and there. Instant loops, instant instant doubles, instant this, pitch and time. I mean, all kinds of stuff that you can do right then and there. That's a huge pro. But getting back to the basics of DJing is being able to manipulate something when something else goes wrong. Even now. The con, that's one of the cons. If something goes wrong with Serato, if your computer crashes, what is your backup? 
one of my backups when I used to use the CDJs, I made my own time coded CDs. I had a time code in the front, and right after the time code, I had music all the way to, to the end of the CD. So so if if my laptop or my sound went bad, I can immediately switch to one of the songs on the CD, play the song on the CD, reboot my computer, come back, and nobody had ever noticed it. And it's happened to me. <laughs> it, it has happened. I did a I did a ski trip in Maryland for um Eastern Lights, which now they're they're a new company now, but I was a DJ for Eastern Lights. And I was doing this party and I was killing it. Everything was going great. And this and MacBooks have this, we call it the wheel of death. Once you start seeing the colorful wheel just spin, 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 you're in trouble. <laughs> so I'm I'm spinning and all of a sudden the wheel of death just pops up and then go and it and it's not stopping. And, mm. the, and the song is about to end. So be, because I thought ahead of time, I made sure I had a backup. I immediately switched over to one of the CDs, faded the song in, <laughs> rebooted my computer, and came right back. Now that's where the technology said uh, comes in. Um Tommy Lee said uh CDs is technology. And Melody Phoenix said her backup is her laptop. So <laughs> it's it's a big it, you could debate the whole thing between old and new. I'm old school, but I, I'm I love school. New I do. I, I, I'm old school. I do love the technology. Don't don't get it twisted. I love the new technology because it allows me to take what I learned in the old school and apply it to the new school. So I, I'm not against it, not at all. I'm not against it. I just say that they're missing out on some of the fundamentals of what we learned coming up in, in the deal. And to her, to what she said, her, her laptop being her backup, your laptop's not your backup, your laptop's your enemy. Understand that, your laptop is your enemy. And the reason why I say that is because if your laptop is not up to date, if you don't have enough RAM, if you don't have enough memory, Toronto will crash on you. Well, well, when, when when you're in this field, you should have all that set up and should have a lot, listen. some of this out. I know some people don't, but it sounds like she she has a backup plan. Okay, and that's a good thing. I'm not saying she doesn't. I'm 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 happy that she is. If, if this conversation makes her think about a backup plan, then then. As as a as a older DJ for forty years in this game, my job is done because it's, it's our it's our job to mentor and 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 teach and not only mentor and teach, learn too. We're still learning in the game. I don't care how long you've been in the game. There's something you're going to learn that you didn't know. Even old and new, there's something you're going to learn. However. In this technology, wherever you go, when you're doing a gig. That's you got to have a backup. You got it. You got to have a backup. And like yeah. I was saying earlier, it you know it doesn't matter if it's a laptop or another turntable or another needle. Now, now you got the phase that's out. You don't even need needles, and you can still use your existing turntable. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, me. I'm I'm a big fan of the Rain Twelves. I have a set of Rain Twelves, and I'm I'm a fan of those because I don't have to ever worry about a needle, or I don't have to worry about my fame not being charged enough to play. Mm. No, I don't, I don't, 
I don't mess with the phases because the phases remind me of the first Serato SL1. You have to hook up everything into um, the phases as if you're hooking up your mixer, but your mixer's outside because everything has to be hooked into the box so that you can get the signal. And then everything goes back to your mixer. Reminds me of the SL1. That's too much. I don't want to every time I go somewhere, I got to rehook everything back up. No. My Rain 12, just plug them right into the mixer and I'm done. Finish. Ready. Mm. Ready to go. That's technology I would I would love. Um, we, we got a couple of comments. Uh, Howie said, back in the day, we had no BPM, just your ears, which is- That's true. right. That's, that, that, must be, that must be Howie. That must be Howie D from the, from the Bronx. Is that how we do from the Bronx? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's from the Bronx or anything. And then that's, um, that's my dude, man. Me, I did. Melody Phoenix said, "said uh, she's always learning." And what's your what's your backup if your Serato goes out at a gig? Okay, depending on what I'm using. If I like, I said earlier, if I'm using my CDJs, I have CDs that have music on it. So if my Serato goes down, I go to the music on my CDs. I have plenty of music on my CDs to reboot my computer and get back into the group. So you bring your your CDJs as a, as a backup? That's if I'm playing on my CDJs. I, I go through each, each set. If I'm playing on CDJs, I have backup music on the CD. If I'm playing Serato, straight Serato, let's just say I'm using my 12s. The 12s are all internal. So therefore, you can't go to relative. You can't go to um, absolute. None of that. So I have another uh, out either my phone or I have a, a a drive hooked up to where I could just go straight to music and play through the mixer until I reboot everything. I always have a backup source okay, of music. That's pretty smart. A backup source of music to play should Serato crash, whether it be my phone, another drive something to play backup music just in case serato says uh-oh i'm not working right now <laughs> now howie howie said he used to play at broadway international and and other clubs in the bronx so i don't know if you guys i don't know if you guys know each other or, or have seen each other in passing it might i don't know because my man my man howie my man howie d then when i'm the one I'm speaking of, him and my girl Lady D. Wells are very close. Every time Lady D. Wells did a party, he would bring the setup and he would play and then she would play. Um, I've done a lot of parties with both of them. But um, true story about backups. Um, I do a lot of stuff with Clark Kent, not name dropping or anything like that. No, you uh, can't. We, we we're in a safe place. All right. Well, I, I do a lot. I do a lot of stuff with Clark Kent. And I just recently did something with Clark Kent at his house, um, and this was this is this this really blew my mind. I literally took my twelve hundreds to the shop, had them serviced just for this party. Service. I'm talking new outputs, new everything, cleaned up, pristine. Tell me why we get to the party. We plug them into to the mixer. And you know when you get that little funny squiggly line on Serato when something's not 
connecting one of the RCA jacks, the sleeve just came off. <laughs> Literally <laughs> broke. Uh, since this okay. led into my question, what was your what was a horror story that you had when you was DJ? So this sounds like a horror story. It was, trust me, it was a horror story. Now, mind you, this is DJ Clark Kent. This is this is my man. We we cool. And this happens. And Clark is very, very straight with what he wants. He wants what he wants. I, he's to, for me, he's a Patty LaBelle of DJs. <laughs> he wants what he wants. So, long story short, I had my 12s out in the in the, in, in my truck. I was going to bring my 12s in, but he said, no, I'm not playing on 12s. Because it reminds him of controllers. He likes turntables. So, literally, make a long story short, he had to go downstairs, bring up another, because they send him turntables all the time. So, he broke up another set of turntables, and we used a set of turntables from his basement. Party still went on. I had another set to set up, but he didn't want that set. So, right. I did have to back up, but he didn't want that set. <laughs> but I had, I, I, had, I had had these ready to go for him, and they broke. <laughs> and it broke my mind. Uh, we, got, we got a couple of comments. Um... Uh, Melody Phoenix said she's sure he had more RCA cables or you had more RCA cables. That's no, you don't you, 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 No, it's it's Melanie, a techniques turntable, you can't change an RCA cable on the spot. <laughs> There's soldering involved and all this kind of stuff. It's not oh, you're it. talking about the connection in the back. Oh, okay. Not I'm the RCA about cable itself. The RCA cable, the, the 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 you know you got the red and the white. The red one, the sleeve came off, just broke. From the, from the turntable. No, from the connector, from the RCA connector, the sleeve broke. Without that sleeve, you don't have a good connection. Mm -hmm. That sleeve conducts the electricity from the mixer to the RCA cable to get the sound. Okay, so. Couldn't you have, yeah, because no. um, that, that thing makes a bad hum. Uh, well, you could, uh, it, it, no, it would not make it, would, it would intermittently make a good connection, bad connection, good connection, bad connection. And Clark wasn't going for that, no. Mm -hmm. no. And plus, when you stick it in, when you try to pull it out, the sleeve will stay inside the mixer. Oh, okay. it out. So, no, that, that thing was it needed surgery, it needed to go yeah. to the hospital. Yeah. It was it was a very very bad situation. It, so, it turned out okay, but it was a bad situation. <laughs> Let me ask you this: How, um, where has DJing took you? Have you you know been to other states, other countries? Are you local? Yes, yeah. uh, I have been all over the United States. Um, I've been North Carolina, of course. I do I go I do North Carolina every year. Texas, um, Kentucky, uh, I've been to Japan, Germany, London, uh, Korea, spinning. I mean I'm huh? That's nice. Well I'm well I like where I am. I don't need to be the Jazzy Jeff or this guy with my name and lights, I, 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 I've done enough in my career that I'm, that I'm happy. 
I'm happy with where what I've done. You know, I, I have mixed CDs all over the country uh, that people are playing right now. See, somebody needs to hear this because you know, if you're if you're thinking just local, it's it's way bigger than that. The the DJs I have coming up, they've been to pretty much the whole world too. I mean, I I I, I basically I have I am the official DJ for DMC, and I've been for the last fourteen years. I've been DJing for DMC for fourteen years, but nobody knows that because it's 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 not famous. Nobody know it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like, I mean, if it if it's a need to know, no problem. I will put it out there. But for the most part, um, I've been DJing for DMC for his organization, Camp Felix, for the past fourteen years. We're going to be number fifteen. Yeah. Now with this COVID thing going on, I don't know if it's going to happen, but if it does, this will be year number fifteen. You know, I've been doing it for him for for years, and and it's and it's, it's like a labor of love. Uh, it's for homeless, not homeless, but orphans, foster right. children. These foster children have gone to new homes. Um, camp Felix offers them um, camps and crafts and mentoring and all kinds of things to, to mentally and and just shape them to being good citizens. Right. And they, and they give them a Thanksgiving dinner every single year. And I've DJed that. Like I said, for the last 14 years, I've been there. Right. So um, we got a question here. Melanie Phoenix said, uh, what was the toughest place you played at? Ooh. <laughs> is, is it many of them or? <laughs> Listen. All right. That's a that's a good one. And I, I got to think on it because there's all, every I consider every single gig that I do to be tough because nothing's easy. As a DJ, you you always have to be when you're playing. You got to be thinking two to three songs ahead of time. You can't think about the song that's playing. You got to think about what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. That's your whole. You're having fun, but your train of thought is: What am I going to play next to keep these people engaged? Right. Where am I going? How am I going to put them in? Get them where I want want to put them. So. If I had to, my toughest gig, matter of fact, I'll tell you my worst gig, my worst gig, and this was a tough one. I think this was, this was, was the one with, with Clark Kent. No. Okay. This, this is far worse. <laughs> well, this is probably what we, we want to hear. <laughs> um, about two or three years ago, I linked with this guy that needed DJs to fill spots. And I just needed something to do. Plus, I wanted to learn another avenue. In this, in the wedding game of DJs, because in Long Island, weddings are huge. Yeah. So I decided to say, okay, let me just try this other side, mainstream wedding. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna say what my my counterparts will say, but I'm gonna say mainstream wedding. And I hope you get it. Mainstream wedding, very cheap people. They didn't, they, they didn't pay me the money that I, that I deserve. I drive an hour, like an hour, almost an hour and a half away from where I live. I get there, and it's a wedding. Number one, the maitre d' is or signing. <laughs> okay. Then I get set up, and as you know, weddings have special songs, this, that, and the third. So somehow, first and foremost, the, the, the song that they wanted, I had, but not the version. Ah. Oh. 
okay so i didn't have that version so the bride goes That's where technology comes in you could you well, could downloaded I, it i did i downloaded it but it that was like it passed already the, the the moment had passed she was she was she was she was she was ratchet <laughs> when i tell you she was she was ghetto fabulous ratchet and she, and she, and she, and she, she yeah bridezilla she, and she wasn't a shade of brown so you figured that one out too she wasn't a shade of brown i was the i was the brownest thing in there mm. so mind you i had to get past that while i'm getting past that i'm playing the music that they like i got everybody on the dance floor and then we come to the father daughter dance whatever and i have that music everything's good to go but the major d is in my ear and guess what happens i press the wrong button because he's distracting me mm. disaster number two so long story short it wasn't a hard gig it was difficult because of the many distractions that were going on from one to another and 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 as DJs, whenever we do things, when one thing goes wrong, another thing goes wrong, and another thing goes wrong, and another thing, and it just keeps tumbling, tumbling, tumbling to the end of the night, and you're just sitting there shaking your head like, what happened? What happened? Wait, now, on that note, we have another question by Melody. Was there ever a time you wanted to quit DJing? And if so, why? Not ever. Is it is, is it because of this horror story or no, not ever even even, even with this horror story first and foremost um i pride myself on being able to do what i do i got 40 years in it at this point yeah you're old at this point i'm old okay but <laughs> but the way i play you wouldn't know uh-huh you wouldn't know what my age is however uh DJ to me is a release of tension, anxiety. Sometimes the way you, you might not have a good day. I might come jump on my turntables and release everything on the turntables. I'm always thinking about. Uh, I'm sure a lot of us here do that. Put in the chat if you do that. You just DJ to get off this planet for a couple of hours. Yeah, I mean, because it's a, it's, it's a release. You have to, you have to be able I use it as a release. I use it as my my zen to get me to a place. And using my zen and what I do when I DJ, it it creates smiles beyond what I'm doing. And that's what we all want to do. We all want to put something out here that's going to last beyond you. Right. And that's what DJing does for me. When I when I'm on the set and I do something that's really really nice or really really dope. And people come to me and say, oh, man, that was crazy, this blah, blah, blah. I'm cool with that. I don't look for it, but it makes me feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile. Right. Even if I don't get the accolades, I'm not looking for the, all the accolades. I am, I'm looking to make someone's day, make their night, evening, whatever, doing what I do. Now, as a DJ, we're essential. We are essential to music, no matter how... Yes what we are essential i don't and, and and this goes for every every dj that you ever run into whether you're a new dj old school dj 
beginning DJ, you are essential to today's music and yesterday's music because without you, the beat will not go on. Nice. So so we're we're at the hour mark right now. Wow. Oh, okay. This went really quick. Thank you for everything. So one more question. And uh we're actually two questions. Would you mind coming back again? Oh sure, I'll come back. Later day. Okay, cool. So <laughs> I got stories for days, trust me. <laughs> the last question is um what would you tell a new DJ just coming into the business and they don't know what's going on yet or where they want to go? What would you tell that DJ? Any DJ that's coming into this business needs to learn the basics. And this is what I mean by the basics. It's okay to have a controller. I have nothing against controllers. Whatever helps you get your gig done, get it. But Sometime in your in your journey, in your process, talk to a DJ that has turntables and go learn how to use the turntable. Learn how to cue records without syncing them. Learn how to listen to other sounds to bring other things into focus so that whenever you know you get on Serato, your thought process is different from rather than looking at what syncs and what key and so on and so forth. Go to someone that has turntables and learn how to scratch or learn how to blend or learn how to trace the record with your finger and use the pitch control and not all the gadgets and stuff that's in Serato and virtual DJ and, and, and tracker. Learn the basics because if you know the basics, all that stuff won't matter to you. Yeah. I, I remember playing, playing the record player without it even being plugged in. And like you were saying, spinning the record to that tempo where it sounds normal and you could just hear it through the needle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just just the, the straight fundamentals. I mean, there are, there are a lot of dope new DJs. I mean, I just got finished judging a young DJ contest and I, I saw this one DJ, she was dope. I thought it was a male because she had a hat on like me, but I couldn't see her hair, but she looked like a, a, a dude, but it was a female. She was wicked. I mean, but she was she was really doing her thing. Uh, another thing is, this is just a personal opinion. This is not <laughs> given law. Don't hate on him is what he's saying. <laughs> no, 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 not that. No, what I was going to say is, as DJs, we pride ourselves on having two turntables and a mic, okay? There's nothing wrong with having one turntable. There's nothing wrong with that. But having one turntable, you're limiting yourself as a DJ. That means if something should happen to that side of that turntable, you can't switch, you can't switch to go to your right. Yeah, you you all the little tricks that you could do, you can't do it. You can't, you, you can't, get down like you want to get down because your left your left side is gone or vice versa use both sides of the turntable learn how to do things with both hands not necessarily saying your right has to equal your left but learn how to do learn how to use both your hands without crossing over to the left side with your right or crossing over to the right side with your left use the turntables right left like they're supposed to be used that way you make yourself more better 
than what you would be if you're using only one side of the turntable set. If you're using the, everything on the left, and then you just switch this on to the right and go to the left, you, you're cheating yourself. And you're also cheating the game, as far as I'm concerned. Like I said, this is my opinion. I feel like you're cheating the game. You're not being a real, real world DJ because you are relying on one side of the turntable right. of technology. Now, back in the day, you couldn't do that. Now, back in the day, if you got two of the same songs, yeah, you can go from one side with the right to the left. You can still, you know, cut and scratch with one hand. But if one side goes out, you can't stay on one side. Right. There's no way. But if you but if you do things with your left and do things with your right, you can compensate and even things out to make yourself uh, more better than what you would be just being going on one, one side. And then learn to read your crowd. Don't keep your face in Very your laptop. Important. Don't just think your laptop and what's in your playlist is going to rock your party. Pay attention to the crowd. Pay attention to the body reaction. Look around. Even the people that are sitting down. Just because they're sitting down doesn't mean they're not enjoying the music. You know, people people dance, people chair dance all the time. <laughs> Just like this. Ooh. Yeah, people people will chair dance. They might not get that dance floor, but they will wiggle in their chair in a minute. So if if you got chairs wiggling, you're doing a you're doing a good job. I mean, there might be times when the dance floor is not as packed, but there still might be some chair wiggling going on. And then with the and, and if the dance floor is not that packed, and your dance floor clears out, you got three people on the dance floor, and you playing a song. Think about it. You got to switch it up. <laughs> you got to change it. You can't keep three people on the dance floor. Huh? To get the rest of them up. Yeah, get the rest. Switch Whatever it is that you're playing, you got to change to something else. And then whoever whoever you're, you're praying for, try to do your homework before you get there. What Ask what type of crowd they are. What type of people are. Are they Caribbean? Are they Spanish? Are they this? Are they that? Try to get a feel for where they are so when you get to that point when the dance floor clears out and nobody's on the dance floor you can always go back to something that they know right fall back and say okay okay this they, this is a mainstream crowd let me play this mainstream song to get them on the dance floor yeah if it's a caribbean crowd let me drop back to some reggae that they know <laughs> some soca or some soca yeah i mean it's 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 fun to, it's, it's dj 101 fundamentals of learning um or trying to fit in the way you are because you are the lifeblood of the party. You are the party. Without you, there is no party. It's just expensive dinner. <laughs> okay? I mean, think about it. If you, the DJ, if you, the DJ, was not at a hall or at somebody's basement or wherever you are, if you was not there, and people were eating and talking. That's what they're going to be doing, eating and talking. That's it. Now, somebody might throw some music on in the background, but that's not like a DJ. You are, you can change at a moment's notice. You can flip it, talk to them and everything. So take advantage of that. Make that the reason for them having you. Don't just say, okay, well, I can DJ. I can play music. No, you, you, you got to be more than just somebody that plays music. You have to be the party you are the party be the party and get paid for it 
don't let them el cheapo you out well i got 150 dollars for you no mm -hmm. so, i gotta say this harry i gotta say this as a dj most of your gigs are four hour gigs most yep. most of the time you're gonna it's a four hour gig that's just the time of the gig I don't know how much time you got to drive there. You might have to drive there for an hour. That's one hour. You got to set up. So that's two hours. Then you got to break down. That's another hour. And you got to drive home. That's another hour. So a four-hour gig is actually eight hours of your time away from your family, away from your home, or whatever. Yeah. And you travel and, and break down and all this. But when somebody tells you $200, you just killed yourself. <laughs> You just killed yourself. You yeah. you gonna do an eight hour job for two hundred dollars, and you gotta carry equipment, and you gotta work. You may have to hire somebody if you got yeah. enough of it. Yeah, yeah. You might have to you might have to hire somebody to help you carry equipment or, or whatever the case may be. You you're losing money. So if somebody tells you, "I'll give you two hundred and fifty dollars to do my party." Tell them to kick rocks. <laughs> kick rocks. I'm not no. Kick rocks. Matter of fact, the starting price for a DJ, truthfully speaking, and this is and this is reasonable. Five hundred dollars is reasonable. It's not what you really need to be getting. It's reasonable. You can yeah. deal with five hundred dollars as a starting price. Five hundred, because that means at five hundred dollars, you know, it's eight hour gig. Okay, well, it's a four hour gig, but you're gonna be out there for seven to eight hours. Right. Okay, take it down. You still made. You still made better than a person at their job okay cool but if it's a high-end gig it's got like a thousand people or 1500 digging their damn pocket if it's a promoter hell yeah digging his pocket if it's mom and pop <laughs> cut them a break okay they're doing it for their grandma granddaddy or their, their <laughs> niece, nephew okay cut them a break but get your money because you spent money, your your equipment in that place. Your average DJ, when he comes in there, he has somewhere close to three thousand, almost ten thousand dollars of equipment. You want to bring that in there for two hundred and fifty dollars? Get bent. <laughs> now, now devil's advocate, you got your DJs that's just starting out, and and they take whatever people offer them. And you can you can see it from from their point of view, like yo, I need to get these parties so people can notice me. So I'm 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 a little nervous to ask for more money. Okay, that's a good point. What what do you think about that? Okay, what I say to that, what I say to that, if you are a up and coming DJ, you don't have a lot of experience, and you're trying to get experience, do the party for free. Don't ask people for money because if you screw up, if you if you mess up the party, it's a learning experience for you and them. Okay, the learning experience for them is damn, I should have paid him. He might have did a better job. <laughs> okay. The learning experience for you is, oh damn, I really gotta work on my crowd presence. I gotta work on this, I gotta work on my equipment. There's a learning experience for both of you. However, if you go there and you do a really good job. They'll say, okay, next one, you can walk to them and say, okay, um, is everybody happy? Great. Well, next job, this is how much is going to cost you. But you just did it. For, no, 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 no. I did it for free because I, I you know, I just want to let you know what I can do. And there's more. That's how you overcome 
that situation. Thank you. Somebody needs to hear that because no, people do undercut themselves, and I, I don't agree. And it hurts. It hurts everybody. Yes, but, it definitely hurts everybody. I mean, if the you, last person I only paid this much amount. You know why? Why are you charging so much? Because I'm, I'm worth it. That's why I charge so much. I'm worth it. You think you're worth it, so it, you should be. Yeah, let me, I mean, let me look at a few questions before uh, we um, we got. Hold on a second, cousin. I'm gonna call you back. We got a couple. We got a couple of comments. They want to pay that. They want to pay you because they think you hungry. Uh, you have to be a good DJ in in order to um, make that type of money or, or command that type of money. First of all, believe in yourself, and you can command that kind yeah. of money. You and can't. Then, you know, it, it, it's a lot of it, it's a lot of variations to that. You know, some people don't have the confidence because they haven't played enough or, you know, you don't know your home life. Like, you know, I I have to take this no matter how much they're giving me so I can do this, pay this, keep my cell phone on something. You know, you, you well, don't I agree with that. that does happen. This, this is this is New York City. I get it. I mean, I, I totally get it. this is New York City. Everybody needs money to live. I, I totally get that. But. What I what I will say to that that situation, don't make this when you're DJing. First of all, if it's a plus for you, that makes it even better. Don't DJ from a minus. Do not DJ say I got to get this money. I got to go do this job so I can get this and pay my light bill. No, that's when that that is not what DJing is about. DJing is about enjoying what you're doing and getting paid for it. Because you walk out of there with a smile because you got a paycheck in your pocket. Right, because in your in the back of your mind, you're saying, "I would have done this for free, but I got paid for it." <laughs> okay, that's what DJ is about on the business tip. On the biz, not saying you got to get paid for every single thing that you do. You don't. There are situations where you lend your talent to help the community, which I do. I lend my talent. I do things for free. Case in point, I drive all the way to North Carolina for homecoming. That's my hometown, but I drive there. I spend out of my own pocket to help the homecoming. I take my system. I take a 12,000-watt system down, and I play for the homecoming out of my own pocket. That travel cost me, I'm talking going down and everything. I spend about almost $1,000 to do that for free. For free, so seen some of your setup when we were when we were in Long Island that time. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's listen. Sometimes it's not about the money. You you give you give back because you're going to get a lot. You give a lot because you get a lot. As far as the new DJs coming in that don't have the things that I have, I don't look down on you. I'm one of them type cats that if you need something, let me know. I'm, I rent quit. I rent equipment. I rent sound systems. I can go set it up for you, let you do your thing, and break it down and take it home. <laughs> All you do is bring your controller. But as a DJ on the business side, you have to price that in. 
all businesses do it. You price that in to where you can be the star of the show. You just walk in, do your thing, and walk back out. <laughs> Clark Kent does it to me all the time. Uh, I'm, so, looking, yeah. I'm looking at the comments. Um, um, Chris Gloss says there is a difference between free and no fee, win-win situations. Uh, DJ Cam says you can you can ask for that big money, but you still have to be a good DJ. <laughs> oh no! Listen, first of all, okay. Let me let me. I'm gonna say this. There's two types to me. There's two types of DJ. Two types. Oh no no not two types of DJ. There are two people looking at you when you're DJing. And let me explain. At a party, the average patron that don't have nothing to do with DJing, all they want to hear is the music. That's it. All they want to hear is their favorite song so they can dance to it. Right. But every party that you as a DJ go to, there's one DJ in there at a minimum. One DJ. Or one wannabe DJ. <laughs> or one wannabe. There is one DJ. So I say that to say this. DJs DJ for DJs. Let me say that again. DJs DJ for DJs. Because in your mind, you know there's one DJ in there. So you're going to do something that's out of the ordinary that they're going to go, hmm. I'm stealing that. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I'm stealing that. But the, but the crowd themselves are not going to be like, hmm. They're going to be like, oh, okay. That was nice. <laughs> but the DJ, dancing. Yeah, they're dancing. But the DJ is like, oh, I like that blend. Or, oh, that was a nice transition. Oh, that was a nice scratch. Oh, that was a nice drop. DJs DJ for other DJs. They don't DJ for the crowd. They DJ for other DJs. And what I mean by DJ is the little tricks, the drops, right. the transitions, the scratches. The average patron don't give a crap whether you can scratch with your butt. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They just want to hear the music. They just want to hear music. That's yeah, So how you put on your show, your show is for other DJs. Hmm. Truthfully speaking, when you when you start showing off, it's for other DJs. Because I guarantee you, if you stopped your set and asked on the microphone how many DJs we got in here, I guarantee you three or four hands will go up. <laughs> three or four hands. <laughs> now, if only one hand goes up, it still proves my point. There's always a DJ at a party. Always. We don't DJ every weekend. Every DJ is not working every single weekend. There are some that are fortunate enough to work every weekend, but you don't. But as a DJ, you don't want to work every weekend. You really don't. You want to have some time for you to be with family, to do something on your own, to chill. Because if you're always DJing every single weekend, you're in a club every single weekend, you're on your turntables, you're going to get tired of it. Too much of one thing is not a good thing. So breaks are needed. There are times when you got to push away from the turntable, get your thoughts together, and then come back. Because when you come back, you come back with fresh ideas. You come back with better things that you did or haven't done. Or you might perfect something you've been trying to do a long time because you stepped away. 
you can't all, as much as I love this, I do push away from my turntables and, and say, okay, let me take a break. And when I come back, I always come with something fresh. I always come with something new. That's just how I work. And I think every DJ should try it. Just as me. Yeah. <laughs> how, how he said, uh, the trick is to keep people from asking you for music and play for everybody. <laughs> and you have a couple of people in here that don't agree with you, and that's okay. <laughs> but right. you know, everybody has their own opinion. We're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna wrap this up. So thank you, DJ Clientel, for being on here and sharing your story. 